Take away the world's desires when we pray. Holy Spirit, lift us higher when we pray. When we pray. When we pray. Let it not be for a season when we pray. Give us wisdom and a reason when we pray. Let your name be our petition when we pray. When we
the church. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I come before you, Lord, recognizing that you are supreme in authority. Your power is great in the heavens and the earth, and your anger is shown against all wickedness and the evil imagination of men. Father, I boldly approach your throne yet again, this time asking for grace and mercy for your bride, the church. Your word says that judgment shall begin at the house of God. So let the church bear the greatest indictment because your invisible works are clearly seen, demonstrating your eternal power and divine nature. All men are without excuse. Yet through hypocrisy, we have given place to your enemies to blaspheme your great and holy name. Because of our perversion and deceitfulness, which brings shame to your name, they question whether we are really your children. For this cause, Lord, we are guilty and bear the greater burden. We have been weighed in the balance and been found wanting, yet we refuse to change our path. We have been deliberate in our great trespass before you, Lord, and we are not hidden from your sight. We have provoked you to anger with our foolish and unwise behavior, being spiritually blind and naked, allowing the world to see our shame. Heavenly Father, because you are a God of mercy and great compassion, we come before you in humility that you may examine our ways. We come before you confessing that if we humble ourselves and pray, seek your face, and turn from our wicked ways, then will you hear from heaven, forgive our sins, and heal our land. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, we thank you, Heavenly Father, that your hands are not shortened that they cannot save, nor your ear heavy that it cannot hear. We stand before you, Lord, to answer the indictment that has been laid against us and pray that through repentance our sins will be forgiven. For we have done wicked things in your sight, even rebellion against your commandments and your continued reminders and warnings. In the name of Jesus, we acknowledge our shortcomings and weaknesses, seeking to be washed in the blood of our Savior Jesus Christ. For we were called to be the salt of the earth, a people that would bear witness to your name, follow your examples, live by your commandments, and set a difference between that which is holy and that which is profane. Instead, our hearts have been pierced with the desires of the world, and we have adopted their ways, chasing after materialism and lust and compromising your standards. We have not sought you for who you are, but for what you can give and how much we can get. We have allowed worldliness into your church and created unholy alliances with the world, calling that which is evil good and that which is good evil, while refusing to take a righteous stand. We have sought validation from the world and coveted the admiration of men who have perverted your statutes for selfish gain. We have shown them all that is in your sanctuary, giving access to thieves and robbers who now make merchandise of your sheep and a mockery of your name. We have failed to protect the innocent, neglected the cries of the poor, and watched as families are being destroyed. We have not sanctified you in the eyes of the people, becoming powerless gift chasers who adorn the things on the outside while failing to address the evil within. We have compromised your word by seeking popularity and friendship with the world, choosing to entertain the masses with our talents and gifts while watering down your word and speaking fables instead of convicting people to change. We stand idle as the innocent are snatched from the womb while we defend the guilty giving them place on your stage. We are consumed with the pursuit of wealth, while at the same time we are robbed of morality, dignity, and holiness. Through compromise and exploitation, we have lost our influence. Through sermonettes and motivational speeches, we have catered to itching ears. And through hypocrisy and double standards, our pulpits have been stripped of power and authority. 
We have even embraced the lifestyles of this world and distorted the meaning of your love instead of preaching the sovereign design and plan of God. We have lost our way, Lord, and given over to the cares of this life. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, forgive us, Father, for we bombard your throne with selfish prayers while the world around us declines and decay, drifting further and further away from you. We have been mesmerized by the lust of the world and desensitized by its influences while engaging in unspeakable acts, adultery and fornication, abortions, drunkenness, promiscuity, hatred and insensitivity, drug use, blasphemies, idolatry, man lying with man, women lying with women. We defile ourselves by flooding our minds with pornography, immorality and lust and other kinds of sexual perversion. We have neglected our children and not taught them your ways, putting success and riches before love and direction. We have allowed our marriages to grow cold, harbored unforgiveness, and refused to show affection, while opening the door for the enemy to wreak havoc in our families. We have become a lukewarm church, lacking holiness and obedience to your word, even denying your name, Lord, and abandoning the cross. We have allowed false prophets to operate in the church while embracing false gods and religions. We are in a backslidden state and confess our sins before you. We were all born into this world with something to surrender, but so many of us have refused to let go, choosing to embrace our fallen nature by making excuses for sin, as opposed to trusting your word for deliverance and healing. In doing so, we have denied the power of the cross and the delivering authority of your resurrection. We go down in the water, but never come up, sinking further and further into the depth you gave your life to conquer. We have titles without meaning, performances without actors, services without substance, and buildings that are lifeless when it comes to the real power of God. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, we repent, Lord, and ask for your forgiveness. Lord, let your anger and fury be held back and let your mercy fall upon us as we repent of our wicked deeds and turn back to you. Let us once again be the people you have chosen to show yourself strong in the earth, that through our examples and trusting your word, the world will once again look to the church for salvation and demonstration of the true power of God. Lord, please hear our cry, incline thine ear, and behold our frail state, that we may eagerly approach your throne with boldness and have confidence at your appearing. Your word says that you will never leave or forsake us, and we come to you by faith, knowing that without faith it is impossible to please you. Deliver us from the guilt of the past, and wipe away all condemnation, for through our sin we have given the enemy access to our lives and the legal right to carry out his diabolical plan of destruction against us. But now, Lord, through repentance his rights have been revoked. In the name of Jesus, we denounce Satan and his demonic forces of evil and his rebellion against the kingdom of God. In the name of Jesus and the finished work of the cross, he loses all rights to torment, deceive, destroy, afflict, and manifest himself in the lives of your people. And we sever all ties, cooperation, agreement, conspiracy, and relationship with the world and the world system. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, we command Satan to loose every stronghold, demonic manifestation, false belief, vice, grip, addiction, spell, and curse right now according to the word of God. We choose you, Lord, and the finished work of the cross, and want no part of Satan and the temptations of this world. I declare right now that we are loosed in your precious name. Lord, we renew our covenant and commitment to you, 
and exercise our choice to faithfully serve you with all of our heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit. In the name of Jesus, we make a conscious choice to turn back to you and once again follow after your statutes and commandments and pledge our undivided service and devotion to you. But we have been bought with a price and serving you is our reasonable service. So help us, Lord, to be lights in this world, ambassadors of the Most High God and instruments of righteousness, representing your will and not our own. I pray, Lord, that our hunger and thirst for you is never quenched and that you give us both to will and to do your good pleasure, that we as a church may fulfill the calling and purpose that you have spoken over our lives. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, we denounce the pleasures of this world, false doctrine, and all forms of spiritual adultery. We pray that you expose the synagogue of Satan operating behind church walls, every lying and deceitful spirit, and demons operating as the angels of light. Let us not worship or reverence anyone or anything but the true and living God, and drive out the spirit of Antichrist. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I pray that you remove all doubts and bring revelation to every distortion of the truth and that we drive out the spirit of Jezebel that teaches fornication, lust, and idolatry, that her curse, seduction, and influence be broken and bound right now in the name of Jesus and erased from the hearts and minds of your people. I ask, Lord, that the depths of Satan operating in the church be exposed and driven out in Jesus' name, that we no longer defile ourselves through the lust of the flesh and the pride of life, hating all evil, pride, arrogance, and the evil way. Grant us spiritual discernment that we are not deceived. Let us examine the fruit of a man and not be gift chasers led astray by talents, gifts, and charisma. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I pray that the church will once again be known for its good works, love, faith, dedication, patience, and compassion to all men. That we hate the sin but love the sinner, understanding that we have all fallen short of the glory of God. Let us love according to the word of God, standing on the truth, preaching the word in and out of season and making no provision for the flesh while understanding that grace is not an excuse for sin and a justification for heaven. Help us, Lord, to minister without compromise to those seeking the truth and be found without spot or wrinkle, boldly proclaiming the truth of Christ and the power of his resurrection. Let us live and reign with Christ, clothed with holiness and abiding in his presence through eternity. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I speak life into your church and come against all dead things. Let our branches bring forth fruit in their season and our roots be nourished by the waters of life. Let us be called and set apart, chosen and faithful, serving as kings and priests in your kingdom, knowing that we are in the end times, that we be not lulled to sleep by the passing of days, nor deceived by scoffers who deny your coming, but that we are watchful and that day does not overtake us as a thief in the night. We are pilgrims in the earth, and this is not our home. So we look forward to the rapture and second coming of Christ, having faith that the promises of God shall come to pass. In the name of Jesus, I pray that we hold fast to our belief that you are the way, the truth, and the life, and that no man cometh to the Father but by you, and that we never lose our boldness and passion for the Most High God. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I pray that we are not weary in well-doing, and that we have a desire to spend quality time in your word and in fellowship with you. That we neglect not the fellowshipping of the saints as we are one in the body of Christ and sealed by the precious gift of the Holy Spirit. That we may all faithfully walk in the calling and purpose we have been given, pressing toward the mark and high calling of Jesus Christ our Lord, 
I thank you, Lord, that you are able to keep that which we have committed unto you against that day, and that nothing we have done is in vain, but all things are accounted to our heavenly account that we may be rich towards God. Lord, let us run this race with patience, looking unto you who has endured the cross and despised the shame for the joy that was set before you, that our names be confessed before the Father and written in the Lamb's book of life. I pray, Lord, that we are steadfast and unmovable, always abounding in the love of God, that we may receive a crown of life promised to those who endure unto the end. Now unto God, who knows the beginning from the end, who is our shield in time of trouble, and who causes us to endure the fiery furnaces of life, we give you honor and praise. We proclaim and ascribe greatness to your name, for your deeds are perfect and all that you do is just and fair. You own the cattle on a thousand hills and cause darkness to flee in the presence of light. I pray, Lord, that we demonstrate our gratitude for all that you have done by keeping your commandments. For your word says, obedience is better than sacrifice and rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Let your word be a light unto our path, revelation in darkness, and our blueprint for all matters pertaining to this life and the one thereafter. It is through you, Heavenly Father, and the power of your might that one could chase a thousand and two could put ten thousand to flight. For greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. These things I ask and pray and affirm in Jesus' great and holy name. Amen. 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 And good evening. Always love that prayer because it speaks truth. Nothing but you. Watch it you. That is a wonderful prayer. Yes, it is. So we just want to thank you again for joining us right here on LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweetang Bible Study Hour. And we're going to be talking about the road to faith. The road to faith. There is a road to faith. Yes, it is. And we're going to talk about that road tonight. So we're going to start with Galatians in the New Testament, chapter 3 and verse 22. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 22. And I'm going to be reading that in the Amplified Version. But the scriptures picture all mankind as sinners shut up and imprisoned by sin so that the inheritance blessing which was promised through faith in Jesus Christ the Messiah might be given, released, delivered, and committed to all those who believe, who adhere to, and trust and rely on Him. Amen. 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 So the promises is by faith in Jesus Christ to those who believe. Must believe. They must because you believing, must believe. believing is faith. That's right. Believing is faith, and so uh, if you believe in God, you have faith. That's I right. Mean, you can't have faith in something that you don't believe in. Correct. And if you believe in it, you have faith, or Amen. you wouldn't believe in it. See, they go, they, they go together. You know, they're like brother and sister. You right. know, brother and sister, I believe in it, I have faith in it. I have faith in it, I, have, I believe in it. So one can't be without the other. That's right. Amen. You know, if you ever studied about penguins, penguins, they have long been known for their ability to fly hundreds of miles a day and arrive at their destination with amazing accuracy. Yes. Even the past penguins at times have become 
disoriented, never returning to their starting point. But you got to remember, as most of us have experienced in one way or another being disoriented or lost. In some way. That's because of sin. Because it's, of and sin. And it's not enjoyable. No, it's not. We can't go in place without a GPS. <laughs> That's true, too. <laughs> we got to have a map. But also, <laughs> as we, I like that. That's why we got this road to faith. And our GPS will be through what we're going to talk about. Okay, let's Christ. get it yeah, All right. <laughs> so, you know, it actually fills us with fear and anxiety. It can even lead us to moments of panic, mm -hmm. especially when we feel disoriented like that. So the same is true in the spiritual realm. Even after we accept Christ, we can get lost or disoriented even to the point of never returning to the Lord. That right. is so true. I've seen people do it. Well, see, and that, that's what happened when you go back to man GPS. Mm. You, you get off track. You get lost. Because that GPS takes you back into darkness. And that's, also takes you to roads that's not there anymore. Right, that's what, Well, roads have been constructed, redone, and you get lost. See, because... The GPS, you get on it, and if they're working on a road, yes. that GPS doesn't know that. It's confused. So it's the it, yeah, too. <laughs> it, it get, yeah. It'll take you around yeah. out your way, maybe miles. And 10, maybe a dead-end road. Yeah, 10, 15 miles out the way, 20 miles out the way, because construction is going on in the way it's been programmed. Mm -hmm. So you end up going 20, 15 miles out the way to get around that construction. Correct. See, so GPS don't always work. It's not always accurate. It's not always accurate. See what I'm saying? But well, we're going to introduce you to a GPS that is never always accurate. Always accurate. Always keep you on the right road. That's right. So... That's why we say the good news, well, good however, news. is that God has not left us to ourselves. He has mapped out the road to faith mm. as revealed in the gospel. And that path also includes the law. Many people try to separate the law from the gospel. Some even see them as contradictory, means contradicting. Right. Not only is this view wrong, it could have tragic consequences. Without the law, we would have no gospel. Amen. The law is set up. That's it's right. set up because there is a gospel. Amen. And it's set up a certain way because each law has its purpose. You got the Ten Commandments. There's six for one thing and four. Well, no, we're going to explain that to you tonight. That's right. We want to go up to, we're in Galatians 3. Let's go to 21. 21. In Galatians okay. 3. Okay, 21. All 3, right, 21. I'm right there. Is the law then contrary and opposed to the promise promises of God? Of course not. For if the law had been given, which can spiritual, confer spiritual life, then righteousness and right standing with God will certainly have come by law. By law. So is the law then contrary to the promises of God? No, it's not. 
So sensing that his comments might lead his opponents to conclude he had a strange view of the law or that his comments about the priority of God's promises were just a veil put down of Moses and the Torah, Paul asked the very question they were thinking, are you saying the law contradicts the promise of God? So to this, Paul responds with an emphatic no. And that's Absolutely right. no. not. No, right, right. So such a conclusion is impossible because God is not opposed to himself. <laughs> Thank you. And Think you about know, that. I, I, I can't see why that is so hard to understand. Why would God be opposed to himself? He is the law. Because God said, if you love me, Keep my commandment. That's so that's telling you he loved himself. Why why would he be opposed to himself? He is love. Because what he did, he gave the promise and the law. The law is not at odds with the promise. The two merely have different roles and functions in God's overall plan of salvation. Yeah, that's exactly. what we gotta understand. That's what we gotta understand. There you go. So we're going to look at Leviticus chapter 18 and verse 5 in the Old Testament. Okay. Leviticus chapter 18 and verse 5. 18. 18. Leviticus 18? Yeah, and verse 5. Okay. All right. You should therefore keep my statutes and my ordinance which if a man does, he shall live by them. I am the Lord. And we're also going to Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 24. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 24. All right. And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes to reverently fear the Lord our God for our Good for our good always, that he might persevere or preserve us alive as it is this day. Yeah. See, the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes and to fear the Lord our God for our good always. It's for our good always. Right. He did. For our good always. If you understand. Why? The Ten Commandments. He, he, he wanted to do it. Because if you look at the first six commandments. The first four. The first four. Mm -hmm. you know, the first the, four. Yeah. yeah but we're going to look at the first four commandments. And then we can understand why God gave us these. Because he is love. And it will tell you why uh, he gave you these. Because they're life. They're the way for salvation. We're going to read these. And it's actually got all to do with love. Because the first yeah. four said, well, Thou shalt have. Because he is love. He is right? love. Okay. That's correct. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt make not. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven images. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. That is the first four. Now, the first four of the Ten Commandments is all about loving God. 
That's correct. It's all about loving God. It's all about showing your love for God. That's what the first four commandments are all about. It's showing your love that you love God. When you obey those four, mm -hmm. it's telling God, I love you. Because I won't do any of these, God, because I love you. Now, right. we're going to read the, the next uh, six. six. Honor thy father and mother. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not, not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. And thou shalt not covet. Now, those six. Or for your neighbors. Or for your brothers and sisters, your neighbors. Right. Mm -hmm. That tells God that I love my wife. I love you. I love my next door neighbor. I love all the people that live on the earth with me. That tells God that I love them because I won't do any of those things against them. And what it is, is it all amounts to love. Love. You love God. You love your neighbor. Yes. That's the cross. And God says, so you do unto one them. You have done unto me. You have done it unto me. Correct. You see how important the commandments are? They haven't been done away with. It's love. How can you do away with love? Right. You can't. You can't. You're showing God you love him, and you're showing God that you love your neighbor. So you can't do away with love. There's no way. That's correct. So, so they haven't been done away with. So when you look at that, that is correct. You know... These people believe that the law was able to give them spiritual life. Their views probably arose out of a mistaken interpretation of the Old Testament passage, such as what we read in Leviticus 18.5 and Deuteronomy 6.24, in which the law directs how life should be lived by those abiding in God's covenant. The law did regulate life within the covenant, but they concluded that the law was the source of a person's relationship with God. Mm. But the Bible is clear, however, that the ability to make alive is a power exercised by God and His Spirit alone. Amen. So we're going to look at 2 Kings chapter 5 and, and verse 7. 2 Kings, okay. 2 Kings chapter 5 and verse 7. Okay, 5 and verse 7. Okay. So when the king of Israel read the letter, he rent his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and to make alive that this man sends to me to heal a man of his leprosy? Just consider and see how he is seeking a quarrel with me. We also want to look at Nehemiah chapter 9 and verse 6. Nehemiah. Okay. Right there. Nehemiah chapter, chapter 9. 9. And verse 6. Okay, 6. Okay. And Ezra said, You are the Lord, you alone. You have made heaven, the heaven of heavens, with all their hosts, the earth, and all that is on it, the seas, and all that is in them. And you preserve them all, and the hosts of heaven worship you. you. Now, we're going to look at the New Testament, John chapter 5 and verse 21. 5, 21. 
John chapter 5 and verse 21. Just as the Father raises up the dead and gives them life, make them live on, even so the Son also gives life to whomever he wills and is pleased to give it. And that's from the New Testament. Amen. Romans chapter 4, verse 17, last one. Okay, Romans chapter, chapter 12, 12. and okay. verse 17. Okay. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. He was appointed our father in the sight of God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and speaks of the non-existent things that he has foretold, promised as if they already existed. So the law cannot make anyone alive spiritually. This does not mean, however, that the law is opposed to God's promise. That's right. That's so, right. seeking to prove the inability of the law to give life, Paul writes, when he wrote in Galatians chapter 3, verse 22, scriptures have confined all under sin. And we're going to look at Romans chapter, in Romans now, we're going to Romans chapter 3 and starting at verse 9. Romans chapter 3 and verse 9. Well then, are we Jews and better off than they? No, not all, not at all. We have already charged that all men, both Jews and Greeks, Gentiles are under sin, held down by and subject to its power and control. We're going to continue to read. As it is written, none is righteous, just, and truthful, and upright, and conscientious. No, not one. No one understands. No one intelligently discerns or comprehends. No one seeks out God. Verse 12, all have turned aside. Together they have gone wrong and have become unprofitable and worthless. No one does right, not even one. Not even one. Not even one. No one. No one. See, so if you think you're doing good, (laughs) think again. (laughs) That's true, because Paul... (laughs) Think again, okay? Paul draws from a string of verses extracted from the Old Testament just to show how bad we are. The good you do is no better than a dirty, filthy, oily, nasty rag. Like you said, you know, those passages are not just strung together in a haphazard manner. He begins with the heart of the sin problem, the selfish attitude that plagues human hearts. And then he moves to verses that describes sin, pervasiveness, and universal. Wow. So it's pervasiveness, pervasiveness, and universality. Right. Get, wow. thir- get 13, look at what it says. He said, like. their throat is a yawning grave, <laughs> and they use their tongues to deceive, to mislead, mm. to deal treacherously mm. the venom of, mm. wow, Abs- ASPS in the <laughs> amplified version is beneath their lips. That's what I'm talking about. Their mouth is full of 
cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. See what I'm saying? See, That's how bad we are. That's how bad we are. Now, we, we, we're we last church now. He's talking about last church. This is how bad we are. We need some work, church. We, we need some work. Did you hear what the good master said about us? So what he's saying, his point in this, is because of the extent of sin mm-hmm. and the limitations of the law, the promise of eternal life can come to us only through the faithfulness of Christ in our behalf. So here again is the great truth right. that propelled the Protestant Reformation. Well, here, here's 17 too, and then I'm going to leave it alone. And 17 says, and they have no experience of the way of peace. They know nothing about peace for a peaceful way they do not even recognize. Church, do you hear Jesus talking? We have no knowledge of peace. No. Do you understand what I'm saying? Church, do you hear what Jesus is saying? We we got some work to do, church. We got some work to do. We are the last church and last mm-hmm. sin. Do you hear what I'm sin. saying? Yes, we hmm? are. Hmm? We are in bad shape. God is talking to us, and we need to get on our knees and pray for mercy that God will lift us up and mm-hmm. clean us up if we want to make it in church. He said he's coming back for a church with no wrinkles, no spots, mm-hmm. or no nothing. He wants a clean church. And we read right here in Romans that we are in bad, bad shape. I know you said that's Romans, but let me tell you what, this is what they did, and we are no better. That's right. Now I'm going to go to uh, Galatians chapter 3 and verse 23. And we're talking about right here, kept under law. Galatians, Galatians chapter 3 and verse 23 says, Now before the faith came, we were perpetually guarded under the law kept in custody in preparation for the faith that was destined to be revealed mm. or unveiled or disclosed. So Paul writes that before faith came, we were kept under the law. That's right. By we, Paul is referring to the Jewish believers in the Galatian churches. They are the ones acquainted with the law. And Paul has been speaking to them in particular since Galatians chapter 2, verse 15. We're going to mm-hmm. go look at that, read that as well. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 15. Okay. Oh, I that off of there. 2, two 15. 15. Okay, 2, 15. All right, there we go. It says, I went on to say, although we ourselves, you and I, are Jews by birth and not Gentiles, heathen sinners. See, this can be seen in the contrast said, between call, we. What he call us? Heathen, Ooh. sinners. Now, I tell you, church, God is, is, is he's meaning business here. He's getting down to business. Church. Things that we have to do. We got to get it in order. I mean, we dressing all up and driving fine cars and looking good. But God don't look at us as looking good. We dirty. Filthy and nasty. We may look good to ourselves, but we want to make it in. We got to do some work, some plan. 
So I'm asking God to cleanse us. That's get right. it right. Because mm-hmm. what you wearing down here and driving down here ain't going to get you up, get you in up there. That's right. We're going to go back to Galatians chapter 3. We're going to do chapter 3 and verse 24. Okay. Galatians 3. Oh, 3. I wouldn't. 3, okay. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 24. Okay. 24. So that the law served to us Jews as our trainer, our guardian, our guide to Christ to lead us until Christ came, that we might be justified, declared righteous, put in right standing with God by and through faith. By faith. So before faith came, but in literal Greek it reads, before the faith came, because Paul is contrasting the place of the law before and after Christ, as we just read in Galatians chapter 3, verse 24. The faith is most likely a reference to Jesus himself Mm, and not a reference to Christians' faith in general. So Mm. it was referring to Christ. That's why it says in 23, um, faith that was destined to be revealed. Revealed. Yeah, I tell you, faith is, you see how important faith is. Faith, mm-hmm. you, if, you know, God said, if you don't have no faith, there ain't nothing you can do for him. Not right. nothing. There ain't nothing. So if you're praying and ain't got no faith, stop. Get some faith. Pray for some faith. Because if you ain't got no faith, you might as well give it up. That's right. You know, I'm, I love that part and the, where the lady said, if I can just touch his garment, I'll be here. That, that's faith. That's what faith. you call faith. So if you if you praying and you worry, stop. Stop worrying and go back to pray. That's right. <laughs> and if you're praying, and if you praying, and don't worry. Don't worry. Stop <laughs> worrying. Because that's showing no pray, no faith. You know, you speak it as it's done because you got faith that God said he would, then know he will. That's right. Because if you're wearing and you're still praying and you're still wearing, you ain't got no faith. You can face it. That's why we're talking about the road to faith. Yes, sir. The road to faith. And how they were under the law back then. Now, we're going to talk more about that. Okay, I'm going to take a break and play a song. We want you to keep it locked in on LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing Bible Study Hour.
In a way. I'll be satisfied. Hezekiah walked. That's right. In a way, you bless me. I'll be satisfied. Uh, however you see fit, Lord. I always tell the Lord, however you see fit to keep me here, Lord. If it's one leg, one arm, one foot, I'll be satisfied. I'll be satisfied. I'll be a witness to you. I'll be a witness for you. It don't make no difference, Lord. I'm just happy to be here. That's right. All right. So we want to thank you for joining us and coming back right here on LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing Bible Study Hour. So if you just joined us, we are talking about the road to faith. The road to faith. We was in Galatians chapter 3 and we've done 22 and 23. So Paul says the Jews were kept under the law before the coming of Christ. So what does it mean by under the law? Let's be in Romans. We're going to Romans right now, chapter 6 and verse 14. Romans chapter 6 and verse 14 says, For sin shall not any longer exert dominion over you, since now you are not under law, as slaves, but under grace, as subjects of God, favor and mercy. Yeah, and you know, see, that's what Christians have to understand, that when you become a Christian, it doesn't mean you're perfect and you won't sin. It means just what you hear says, that sin no longer have dominion over you, doesn't control you. You're going to slip up. But people that don't know God live sin, eat sin, drink sin, worship sin, walk sin, talk sin, worship sin. That's the difference in you and the sinner. You just, sin don't have dominion over you. It doesn't run your life anymore. It doesn't control you. You don't worship it. You don't eat, drink, live it, dream it. But a sinner does. That's, That's the difference. And so we're going to read 15 as well because that goes right along with it. Okay. So what then are we to conclude? Shall we sin because we live not under law, but under God's favor and mercy? Certainly not. Certainly not. Certainly not. So let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 20. It doesn't give you the license to sin. No, certainly not. Nah. Uh, First Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 20. No, okay. it don't. It's the same thing as the law that man made. There is a stop sign. You're not under that law until you run the stop sign. Break now the, the law. police, that if you broke the law. You broke the police the law. can give you grace Yeah. or you, you get a ticket. He could say, well, Mr. Thomas... I've watched you for the last three days you ran that stop sign. Right. I was going to give you grace the first time, but I let you go and then stop you. You'll come through again, you ran it, and today is the third time. No, mm -mm, I'm writing you a ticket because you, you just going to break the law. It don't make no difference. So you are, you're on the law then. So you are, you, I'm under the law now. I got to go to court now. Or That's pay right. a fine. Or whatever. pay a fine, whichever one. Whichever one, because I'm under the law. My grace, no more, no grace. He gave it to me the first time I read it because he didn't stop me. He didn't say anything. Exactly. So 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 20 says, To the Jews 
I became as a Jew that I might win Jews to men under the law. I became as one under the law, though not myself being under the law, that I might win those under the law. So that's what Jesus said. He became a Jew, right? To the Jews, I became as a Jew. Right, as a Jew. That I might win Jews to men under the law. I became as one under the law. Right. He became one like them to try to win them over. That's why. Exactly. So we're going to also go to Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4. Okay. That's when they were kept under the law before Christ. Here we go. Galatians 4 and verse 4. And verse 4. Okay. But when the proper time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born subject to the regulations of the law. And verse, verse 5 says, to purchase the freedom of, to ransom, to redeem, to atone for those who were subject to the law, meaning us, that we might be adopted and have sonship conferred upon us and be recognized as God's son. Mm. So we became heirs. So right. we were the ones that he purchased. That's right. Because our sins. Our sins. Wow. He died for our sins to set us free. Set us free. You know, just like slavery. God came to set us free set from us slavery. Free. He set us free. Yes, he did. And we're going to go down to, we in Galatians 4, let's go down to 21. 21, okay. All right. So tell me, you were, you who are bent on being under the law, will you listen to what the law really says? Hmm. Mm. Let's mm. do one more. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 18. Okay. Galatians chapter 5 and, and verse 18. 18. Okay. Uh oh. Uh -huh. I want to tell you a story. I used to believe that Jesus. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 18. 18. Okay. Well, if you are guided, led by the Holy Spirit, you are not subject to the law. Right. So Paul uses the phrases under the law 12 times in his letters. Depending on its context, it can have a couple of different connotations. So first, under the law as an alternative way of salvation in Galatians chapter 4 and verse 21, we're going to look at Galatians 4 and verse 21. Like what he said, tell me, you who are bent on being under the law, will you listen to what the law really says? So the opponents in Galatia were trying to gain life-giving righteousness by obedience. However, as Paul has, has already made clear, this is impossible, because we read that in Galatians 3, verse 21 and 22. 
So Paul later will even point out that by desiring to be under the law, the Galatians were really rejecting Christ. Let's look at that in chapter Galatians 5 and verse 2 through 4. Galatians chapter 5, verse 2, 3, and 4. Notice it is I, Paul, who tells you that if you receive circumcision, Christ will be of no profit, advantage, or avail to you. For if you distrust him, you can gain nothing from him. I once more protest and testify to every man who receives circumcision that he is under obligation and bound to practice the whole of the law and its ordinance. If you seek to be justified and declared righteous and to be given a right standing with God through the law, you are brought to nothing and so separated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace, from God's gracious favor and unmerited blessing. Mm. Mm. You hear that? You hear that? So that means if you obey the law, you're under grace. So you are under grace because the love that you have through Christ. And the only way that you are really honestly keeping the law is through the love of Christ and yep. through the Holy Spirit. Right. In other words, he said, if we didn't have that, we wouldn't be able to keep the, the law. law because of our carnal nature. Nature, that's right. So by the Holy Spirit, you are able to obey. Correct. Without the Holy Spirit, you can't obey. There's that's no right. way. It's impossible. Because our nature is to sin. Because if you think about it, when in the Garden of Eden, mm -hmm. if you think about it, we knew one thing good. That's it. We only knew good, right? Right. But when we sin by eating of the tree of good and evil, mm -hmm. then we give ourselves a choice, a choice now to choose, to be able to choose between good and evil. That's right. Now, this is where we're at today. Choose life or death. Choose life or death. And we have chosen death because we sin. So here we are. Now, now look, God has given us an option through Christ who died for our sins that have purchased us. So now we can choose life right. through him. And he gave us the Holy Spirit to be able to choose life. Because yes. without the Holy Spirit, we'll be just like we were in the Garden of Eden. As we ate of the tree. That's correct. As we ate of the tree of good and evil, we would still have death. But with the Holy Spirit, we can choose life. life. That's it. Without the Holy Spirit, we can only choose death because our heart is so carnal, so evil, so rotten. We will always walk in darkness. And that's right. You know, under the law, in the sense of being under this condemnation, when we read in Romans chapter 6 and verse 14 and 15, because the law cannot atone for sin, the violation of his demands ultimately results in condemnation. So this is the condition in which all human beings find themselves. The law acts as a prison warden, locking up all who have violated it, 
and brought upon themselves the sentence of death. That's, That's right. what the law does. That's what the law does. Right. So as we see in you know the use of the word guard, we're gonna look at that again in Galatians chapter three and verse twenty-three. Galatians chapter three and verse twenty-three. Like you said, now before the faith came, we were perpetually guarded under the law, kept in custody and preparation for the faith that was destined to be revealed. Mm. So this indicates that this is what Paul means by under the law in this passage. We was kept under the law, we was guarded until Jesus came, came and purchased right. us with his what? With his with blood. His blood. blood. What a blessing. With what a blessing. Power as the son said there's power in, in the blood. Power in the blood. Amen. So under the law literally means within the law. Mm-hmm. And it's referred to living within the requirements of the law through union with Christ. Amen. Amen. So Amen. by the works of the law, that is, by trying to keep the law apart from Christ, right. that means apart from Christ, it is impossible to be justified because only those who through faith are righteous will live. That's right. And that was in uh, Galatians. If you look in Galatians, we're in 3 now. Let's look at verse 11. Yep, look at verse 11. So. Now it is evident that no person is justified, declared righteous, and brought into right standing with God through the law. For the scripture says, the man in right standing with God, the just, the righteous, shall live by and out of faith, and he who through and by faith is declared righteous and in right standing with God shall um, live. Shall That's live. That's the word say. That's the word, I'm telling you. You so, have the truth. So this truth doesn't right. nullify the law. It just shows only that the law can't give us eternal life. It's a way, it's way too late for that. That's why we needed Christ. Yeah, Christ. It was too late for that, yes. That's why Christ came. That's why he came. He came. He exactly. Came. If Christ hadn't came, we wouldn't have... We wouldn't have, have anything. That's right. We, Satan would still have us. Because if we can't... Our common nature... Right, Satan would still have us. We can't follow See, the law. We can't it, do it. If you can think about it, you know, you think about it. When, 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 God, when Jesus came, he had to die that way. Yes. But Satan did not want Jesus to die that way. Right. He tried. Everybody thinks that Satan wanted to kill Jesus. No, he didn't. He knew that there was a contract saying mm-hmm. if Jesus fought back in any way, he could keep the deed to this world. Mm-hmm. He, he, he didn't want him to die. He wanted him to fight back. He wanted him to, to fight back so he, he could lose this world. Jesus had to give his blood to redeem this world. And we think, remember when the thief on the cross told him, hey, look, you ain't done nothing wrong. You shouldn't even be up here. Now us, me and my partner here, we done done everything wrong. Right. We done robbed, we done killed, we done raped. We, done done. we should be up here on this cross. We deserve what we can, but you, you shouldn't be up here. Get yourself down from here. 
when he, the devil took him up on a high mountain and told mm -hmm. him, you just bow down to me, you can have all of this. We can go through the Bible and see several times where Satan tried to get Jesus to give in to him. Mm -hmm. He was trying to keep this world. He wasn't wanting Jesus to die. He wanted him to live. So he could redeem this world. But Jesus said, I'm about my father's business. He mm -hmm. knew why he came. Mm -hmm. He knew his blood was the only thing that could redeem this world. And he did what he came here for. You know, when you, when you think about that, if we think about man's law, just if we didn't have any laws of the land, it would be a mess. They have to have laws. They have to have stop signs. You gotta have stop lights. You gotta have all these things to keep us from overdoing or just doing what we choose. Well, you think about in the Cowboys and Western days, yeah. not, I have no idea, but if you just read the books and things back mm -hmm. in those days when every man had to fend for himself. That's terrible. You know, it's terrible. People because took, people took they what, they wanted, what they wanted to do. They did what they wanted to do. Now look at how they try to do, we got laws, but they still try to do what they want to do. If we didn't have the court system, if we didn't have the prisons, what what happened? I mean, they're not afraid of the law now. You look at people now, exactly. law, law don't scare anybody no more. And we're getting into times that the Bible speaks about the law won't be able to do anything for you. We're getting in that time. The law is not afraid of any, the people are not afraid of the law anymore. We're getting into the time that Jesus is going to be your safe place, That's your right. only peace. God is going to be your only peace. We're getting there in that time. The Bible says so. And we're going there. We're going there right now. That exactly. Jesus is going to be our only peace That's in this right. world. In this world. And you know, Paul spoke a lot of good things about the law. But see, you know, Israel always thought the law was a curse. Let's look at Romans chapter 7 and verse 12. Okay, Romans 7 and 12. All right. Romans chapter 7 and verse 12 says, The law therefore is holy, and each commandment is holy and just and good. Now let's look at uh, 14 in that same okay. chapter. We know that the law is spiritual, but I am a creature of the flesh. I'm carnal, I'm spiritual. Having been sold into slavery under what? Under sin. Uh-huh. Uh, it says sold under the control of, of sin. sin. That's so what it said. our carnal nature will not submit to the laws of God. It won't. It won't It won't. It won't. It, 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 it's being controlled by the prince of darkness. That's what, that's what we, and God came to get us from that. He That's said Jesus right. to, to redeem us. Exactly. And we're going to look at Romans 8 also in verse 13. Romans chapter, I mean, eight? chapter 8 and verse 13. 3. Sorry about that. Oh, okay. Romans chapter 8 and verse 3. Okay. Let me go back here. Romans 8, 3. 8, 3. 13. No, 
Romans chapter 8, verse 3. Romans chapter 8, just go down to 3. Okay, okay, let me go, let me get back there. I keep, okay, three. After 8, and then 3. Okay. All right. For God has done what the law could not do, his power being weakened by the flesh, the entire nature of man without the Holy Spirit, sending his own Son in the skies of sinful flesh and as an offering for sin god condemned sin in the flesh subdued overcame deprived it of his power over all who accept that sacrifice so the law was not a curse that god placed upon israel on the contrary it was intended to be a blessing it was a blessing. Israel just didn't see it. Exactly. Why? Because Israel didn't want to obey. Israel exactly. didn't want to obey. Israel wanted to stick to their laws, their ways. And, and God had a problem with that. That's why he gave them something to go by. Gave them something to live by. The things that they were doing, hey, it was ugly. It was rude. It was wicked. It, it was, was wicked. It was, it was wicked. wicked. Yeah. It was wicked. It, so God wanted to give them something to live by that that was decent in order. They and didn't want that. What that sacrificial system did, it could not ultimately remove the sin, but it pointed them to the promised Messiah who could. Right. And as law, laws guiding human behavior protected Israel from many of the vices that plagued other ancient civilizations. So, in light of Paul's positive comments about the law elsewhere, it will be a mistake to understand his comments here in a completely negative way. Is so, it was intended to be a blessing. As it was just like we are today. Yes. The Ten Commandments don't exist no more. We ain't under the Ten Commandments no more. We're not under the law. We're no. under what? Grace. We're under grace. We, 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 because we're, of Christ. We're the same way they were. We, we don't want to obey because... We don't want to get married. We want to steal. We want to lie. We want to commit adultery. We want to bear false witness against our neighbor. We want to do all of these evil things. We want things. to have other gods. We want to have other gods. We right. want we want to lay with men, women. We want to be with men with men and women. We want to do all these things. Okay, so we want to say we're not under the law. We under grace. We under grace. See, because that gives us a... Uh, but it doesn't nullify the law. That's right. The that's, law still stands. That, so It's because you love God, you want to do what's right. So period. if we're not under the law, there's no law. You can do what you, pretty well what you but want to do. But there is a law. I know there is a law. That's you correct. know that. I know that. And I'm just saying this is why this world now want to... Exclude the law and say it doesn't exist because if we have no law, you're free to do what you want to do. Well, that's not think about yeah, this. You know. Man does that with man's law. I know they I still know. want to feel like it does the law doesn't exist. Well, I can go shoot somebody and do what I want to, I can go well, rob somebody, well, I can go do this you, as you see, because they don't want to be obedient as they did back in those days, a liberal. Liberal. We are living in a liberal world. Today. Liberal world. And when you got a liberal world, there's no law. In their eyes. In their eyes. That's it. In their eyes. But you and I know that God's commandment stands today as it did 15 years ago and as it did 30 years after that. And thousands and thousands of years. years. 
Right. Before. And it stands today. That's Amen. Right. Amen. And thank God for that. That's right. So we want to thank you for joining us right here, talking about the road to faith. That is the road to faith. As we continue to walk in Christ, we have to walk by faith through Christ who Amen. saved us from our sins. Amen. So Amen. praise God for that. We just want to thank you for joining us. And we're going to play a song. We're going to come back with closing comments and prayer and our email address. So keep it locked in on LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Bunny. Clap your hands, everybody. Come on. If God's been faithful, then sing along with us. Everybody say faithful. 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 Faithful, faithful, is, faithful our God. is our God. Come on all over the world. Faithful. Say faithful. Faithful, 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 is, faithful our God. is our God. Come on, say faithful. 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 Faithful, 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 is, faithful our is our God. Yes, he is. Come on, say faithful. Faithful. Faithful, 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 is, faithful our God. is our God. I'm reaping the harvest. Take back what the devil stole from me, and I rejoice today, for I shall recover it all. Yes, I rejoice today, for I shall recover it
Mr. Walk. And Hezekiah Walk. Hezekiah Walker, let me tell Take you. Take back what the devil stole. stole from us. Oh, Praise yeah. God for that. And, and guess what? The Heavenly Father did just that he with the blood sure of Jesus. He took back, he took what, the back what the devil stole from, stole from us. us. If we just trust in him trust in and him. take that road to faith. That's we just right. want to thank you for joining us right here on LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing Bible Study Hour. And our closing comments tonight is, instead, because the law is a transcript of God's character, by obeying the law, we simply reflect his character. But more than that, we follow not just a set of rules, but the example of Jesus who does for us what the law itself could never do. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 10, and then we're done. Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 10 says, For this is the covenant that I will make, with the house of Israel after those days, say the Lord. I will imprint my laws upon their minds, even upon their innermost thoughts and understanding, and engrave them upon their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. people. Amen. Amen. There Amen. it is. That's how you do it. That's you put it in your hearts. Put in your mind, and because you love him, you will right. obey him. Right, and Amen. you will be his people. And he will be your God. And he will be your God. There so, it is. That's right. We're going to have prayer, and we'll come back with our email address. A mind to pray. Dear Almighty and Omnipotent God, our Father, our Creator, and everlasting help, we humbly approach your throne in the precious name of Jesus. We eagerly enter your gates with thanksgiving and into your courts with praise, recognizing you are infinite in power and might. The fullness of your ways are past knowing and your majesty is both seen and felt. Your word says you will grant us the very desire and will to do those things that are pleasing in your sight. In the name of Jesus, the first and the last, we ask for our mind to pray and revelation to have a deeper and more intimate fellowship with you. 
We ask that you drive out all distractions and the cares of this life and give us a sincere heart to seek your face with great expectation and hope. Let us have the same attitude of Christ, who was totally faithful and dependent on you. In the name of Jesus, help us, Holy Spirit, to submit our minds to the purpose and plans of God while teaching us how to follow him daily. Let us turn from our wicked ways so that our sins be forgiven and that you hear our prayers and restore our land. In the name of Jesus, renew our minds and saturate them in your word that our thoughts are pure and steadfastly focused on you. Draw us near and let us listen attentively to your voice, cherishing every moment in prayer and fellowship with you. Let us desire your presence more than our natural food and give us a mind to pray and seek your kingdom above all else while trusting you to provide all of our needs. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank God. Amen. 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 And may the windows of heaven open and pour upon you a bundle of blessings. And don't forget, if you have any Bible questions, you have email, you have uh, need a prayer request, you can email us at robtgina50 at gmail.com. And remember, we come on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. And we want to thank each and every one of you all for joining us, that we can enjoy the Word together as we give God all the praise, the honor, and the glory. And have a wonderful and blessed night.